This is Merchandise Mart. Transfer to Brown Line Trains at Merchandise Mart. Doors closing. Happy Friday. Thank you for having us. So welcome to the Wisendell Weekly Wrap-Up, where we talk about architecture, design, everything in between. Have uh, two special guests with me this week. Go ahead, you ladies can introduce yourself. My name is Mary Catherine Scala, and I am co-founder of Freight to Plate, and uh, people call me the gatherer. <laughs> and I'm Jacqueline Scala, co-founder of Freight to Plate. I am the hunter. Nice. Yes. The hunter and the gatherer. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Very hard to not insert a rah. Right. right. I wanted to shovel something for some reason in that moment, but I decided not to. So let's let's first start like all the way back. How did you guys get to where you're at and who are you guys? Can you guys start there? Quick. It doesn't have to be long. So Jacqueline and I are sisters. Um, okay. So we can go that far back if you want. Right. You're like, damn, how far back? <laughs> I mean, back? really far right, right, back. Right. No, professional, professional wise. Okay. Um. So my background is in hospitality, specifically hospitality startup. Um, I went to Kendall College, which is a culinary institute here in Chicago. Um, My path has not been linear at all. I've done a lot of stuff. Um, But most recently, I have really focused on the startup world. So I've worked in um, a food delivery service startup in Austin, Texas, and then also a um, small distillery startup out of Austin, Texas as well, which is what brought me back here to Chicago. Um, I opened up their Midwest market. um, So with that, I learned a lot about um, opening new markets, bringing Mm -hmm. new products and services um, into a place that hadn't seen it. So that's kind of what I bring to the table here for Freight to Play is really bringing new things, getting um, the community to understand and know what we are all about. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of me in a nutshell. Cool. And yeah. the hunter? Rawr. That sounds so much worse than it is. But uh, my background is... I would love I, to be... I would love... I feel like I'm a hunter more than a gatherer. Yes. Uh, no, I think so I'm both. I'm it, a little both. It really but. does define how we work in like our freight to plate business style right now. It it really makes sense, which I'm sure will oh. unfold that a little bit more during this podcast. But my background is, which it's so great to be back in the merchandise market because I haven't been here in a while. Not just COVID, but in general, I my career started in corporate interior design. I went to school at Columbia College for interior architecture. Um, I love designing. I miss it. I miss it every day. But I also really like to hustle and bustle, and that's what construction brought me. So um, after interior design, I kind of pivoted into project management. So I was managing projects from – I worked at JLL for a couple years doing managing architecture design through construction. So Very it's cool. just the whole gambit. Nice. And then I now focus primarily on general constru- general contracting, construction world. Very cool. And what I love about that is being a part, I love seeing stuff built up and then um, the whole sales process of it. So meeting all the brokers, the architects, everyone that has any, any key stakeholder in a construction project is where I kind of fit myself in. So for freight to plate, 
we are bringing a farm to the city. So yeah. it's not, there's not a farm existing here, we're bringing it. So yeah. that's kind of where I'm hunting out, like how do we get it here? And then securing those logistics of getting the utilities here. Where's the permitting? Where's the zoning? I yeah. kind of help make that happen. Very cool. So yeah, so it's obviously been mentioned a few times. So what is freight to plates? How did it, where do you guys want to start with that? Um, you know, long story short, Freight to Plate is an urban agriculture company. Um, back in April, Jacqueline and I went to visit a community garden um, in the west side of Chicago. Uh, that garden brought so much pride and joy to the people, especially like through this pandemic, giving them a fresh place to get food was like we saw it and you know, we wanted to figure out a way to extend that. Like, how do we bring fresh food to communities that don't have it? Mm -hmm. And not just for a growth season, but 365 days a year. How do we extend this is kind of like what we were trying to answer. Um, we came across freight farm technology, and it seemed like a really good solution for that place. But then the more we thought about it and became incredibly obsessed with it, we've really figured that it's more of a long-term way to build really strong, um, thriving communities. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where it started. And, um, and you said last April? Or was it? Yeah, April. 2020. 2020. Nice. So this is a pandemic baby. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. I think Jacqueline and I, for a very long time, knew that we were going to work together in some fashion. Sure. Um, you know, there's stories upon stories about how we figured that out, but um, this just kind of came at the right time, and the idea was right, and then the timing was right, and then all the people that we've met have all been right, even like meeting you, like, yeah. and coming back together. I know you guys have known each other before, but coming back together for this, it's all been right, and I think it's a really powerful thing to just be in the wave of right. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no, Wisendale is uh, one year in April officially, too. So Heck April yes. is awesome. Yes. Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, can we comment on the red? So for those of you listening <laughs> on the podcast and check us out on we YouTube, so but uh, we all have red on. I was told mm -hmm. to rock red today, which is. Well, it's National Wear Red Day. Okay. So hopefully um, you guys are wearing red, too. Gotcha. Yes. <laughs> and it is to signify and celebrate and bring awareness Mm -hmm. to um i think it's mostly in, in women but it's about um bringing awareness to cardiovascular disease and heart disease gotcha which is important to this conversation because we're our company is about bringing leafy greens and a healthy diet to people yeah. and leafy greens and cruciferous greens are will help you it cleans the arteries. That's what Brian told me. <laughs> it cleans the arteries. It improves your heart health. And Brian who? Brian Buckley. <laughs> <laughs> that Brian. <laughs> well, shout out to Brian Buckley. Thank with, you, Brian. Uh, Buckley Redner for hosting us today, as well as Boss yep. Design in the showroom. Uh, and be sure to check out at the end of this podcast where he talks about the products that we're sitting in uh, if you have time. Ooh, so I like this um, chair. Yeah, so... so uh, Let's dive in then, fully deep. So how big are the crates? How big are the the Right. Containers? I actually, I feel like, did we, Mary introduce like where Freight to Plate came from, but like what yeah. is Freight yeah, to Plate? Yeah, no, keep, go ahead. Freight to Plate, so 
our mission is bringing hyper-local produce 365 days a year to Chicago. And how we do that is we are bringing hydroponic farming technology to Chicago that is retrofitted into a standard shipping container. So we're talking a small footprint, 500 square feet. I mean, a standard shipping container is 8 feet by 40 feet, 9.5 feet tall, but super high are, yields. There, sorry not to cut you off. There are other sizes of shipping containers, though, correct? I believe so. I yeah. mean, yes, and there's like pony containers. I keep calling them pony containers. I don't know if that's what you call them, <laughs> but they're like little guys. Yeah. <laughs> and they have longer ones, too. Yeah. Um, but the standard freight container is 40 feet by 8 feet, 9.5 gotcha. feet tall. Okay. Um, but this is... In one little container, we're producing enough produce that you would see on like a five-acre farm. So that's not possible here in Chicago. You're not going to find five acres of land and grow, and you're certainly not going to do it year-round. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mary and I will be pumping out about 200 pounds of produce a week. Wow. And that's the goal. Same produce? Sorry. Go ahead. Well, that's the great thing about this farm technology. Mm-hmm. Um Starting out, we are going to focus very much on those leafy greens, and we're going to have a set harvest menu, TBD on that, but we will have a set harvest menu. But the technology is so advanced and so smart that we'll be able to literally grow pretty much anything that you can dream up. Um, It just depends on the yields that you want to see from this farm. So if you don't care about yields, then we can just grow strawberries for you. You know, if like that's what you want to do. But if you're really looking to make an impact in a community, um, we're going to stick with the really nutrient-dense leafy greens and lettuces, small root vegetables, and herbs is what, where we're and what's the aiming. time frame on that? I know it may vary depending on what you're growing, but what is from seed to harvest? It's roughly around six weeks, but then you are harvesting every week. But that's yeah. from like the seed to harvest. I think six I weeks. read that it was fifteen to twenty hours a week. They yeah for well maintenance that, or what is that? So that's like your labor within labor. the farm. Gotcha. Um, everything is controlled through this technology, which, you know, we will have the app on our phone. So we'll be able to control the nutrient level, the lights, how long we want the lights on, how long we want them off for, the CO2 levels. We will be able to completely control the environment, which makes it possible to grow really fast or shorten the harvest or however we want to dictate it like we're gonna play god a little bit um but we <laughs> promise to do it for good because we want to feed as many people yeah as possible yeah. right the app allows you to optimize the environment that you're growing so we could also be growing six different species of lettuce at the same time mm-hmm. we can have basil on the back kale romaine it doesn't matter we can grow it all at the same time and the app will adjust the what the threshold is for Mm -hmm. what the lighting needs to be or the ph level in the water and it'll all balance out to what we need to be so that 15 to 20 hours a week that you mentioned is really mary and i physically planting some seeds when they get when they germinate to the right levels transplanting it into the vertical gardens and then really we keep the doors shut we let it grow yeah, let it and bake mm-hmm. uh, there's speakers in there so we'll play it some music i would love to test that out like what kind of music grows the plants better is yeah. that a thing yeah so so you guys are hands-on then so whoever purchases the the container are they hands-on as well or how does that work 
Because are you guys saying that you guys plant the seeds? Or how, how does it all, like, let's say I buy a container. Mm-hmm. What happens then? Right. So for our container, we have our first farm coming in April. Nice. Um, and Congrats. Mary and I will be the ones physically taking care of that farm. Uh, we have a couple partners that are also going to be purchasing farms, like you said. Yeah. And really what Freight to Plate does is we help you procure the farm, source it, get it here, set it up. And then we do help you develop the growth schedules. We help you, we will physically do the work or depending on what involvement we are, we will train your staff or train your community if that is the way. To, it just depends on which level of uh, service you want. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And you said there's speakers in there and everything, plumbing and what else? What else is all hooked up to it? Electricity, I'm assuming. Electricity is mm-hmm. a pretty big one because mm-hmm. um, yeah. it is LED light source in there. And then the HVAC system, of course, because those lights are pu- putting off a lot of heat. Your plants themselves are releasing a lot of humidity. Yeah. So you need um, a pretty uh, robust HVAC system. Um, what else is there? Um, a lot of water, but the water. Yes, is, right. I would um, assume water, right? Water. water is super efficient. Yeah, it's very efficient. So there is a 110 gallon tank um, that feeds your vertical gardens, and then there's a 30 gallon tank that feeds your seeding trough, and that's all the water that you're using, um, and you fill up every six to eight weeks, and then cool. it uses 95 percent of that water. Nice. So it is incredibly efficient. And then the water that you do expel from it is just hyper nutrient rich water. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of tips toes around gray water, but all of our partners have been using that excess water on their. What's gray water? Sorry for those of, <laughs> for those who don't know. Gray water, gray water like it comes from your house, like yeah. water that you've showered with, or you know, like gotcha. any water that comes off of cleaning something. Yes. Okay. Um, Fortunately for us, the water, that's why we can't call it gray water because there's nothing contaminated. We don't use right. pesticides. Exactly. We don't use chemicals. Gotcha. So it's That's not, why it tiptoes the line. Right. Because it just has a lot of nutrients in it. Mm-hmm. It's just hypernutrient. Hypernutrient. Yeah. Very so cool. we'll be able to use it on like our garden beds or, um, you know, our, our homestead location has mm-hmm. really beautiful trees and foliage. So we'll probably just use it to water those things. So you said the homestead would be in April you're aiming for? The second week of April. I mean, obviously. That's a definitive comment. Second week of April. (laughs) Well, we don't have an opening date. Right. But our farm will be here and our site will be ready at that point, Mm -hmm. the second week of April. So does the site have to be residential or commercial? Or do you guys know, can you guys go into that a little bit more, what the zoning has to be? Sure. So... A, For, like, because I'm imagining, like, where would you plop this down? You know, so that's a fully loaded question because yeah. <laughs> a freight to plate farm can go anywhere, realistically, and that's what we're trying to show with our homestead, which I'll describe where that is in a second. But we can put them under a Wacker Drive in a parking lot, in a vacant lot, maybe a brownfield uh, development, which is exactly why we want to bring these to Chicago because let's make use of the land that we're not using. Let's use the farm as a placemaking tool to actually activate the area. Um, Our farm is going into a vacant lot that has no electricity. So we had to pull utility there, which is complete at this point. Um, And water can be manually brought in. So you really can put it anywhere because of the 
yes, you have to fill up the tank, but once you fill up the tank, the water is being recycled and reused. Gotcha. Interesting. And in, in the app, like how does it communicate with an app? On our phone. Like yeah. literally it's, um, it's the software and the data that's being, that's driving it is a network of farms all over the world. There's about 500 farms globally Very right cool. now. Um, I think about 400 of them are in the United States and we've, so Mary and I in, in preparation for our farm to get here, we talk to our partners all the time. We want to understand what the, what they're seeing and how the app has helped them. I mean, and the app does tell you exactly what's the best way to grow this kale at this temperature mm-hmm. with this water level, mm-hmm. pH level and nutrient level. So it's a very, it's amazing technology. It yeah. really is. I mean, I'm assuming that, uh, the modular construction has also been kind of talked about for with you guys like how does that fit into that sort of building structure have you guys explored that at all you mean including these as um into a development yeah like into like a (laughs) modular building or modular construction because modular construction has always been a thing right and people are trying to really break through with that so I think that this really fits right in to, to not only feed the people who may live in the modular construction, but also the surrounding neighborhoods or the community. Excuse and me. And that is one of our angles is we really want to partner with developers that are building communities yeah. in that way. Um, it's the footprint is perfect. It fits in anywhere and yeah. it fits and it makes sense um, visually too to see it. Um, yeah. But what is a challenge is that our farm is prefabbed and it needs to be prefabbed um, for the technology to work. Yeah. Um, and but understandably so, every city, every municipality has a requirement on how was this built? Can we see it? We need yeah. to make sure it's safe. Sure. Um, so we that's part of what Freight to Plate does too is we yeah. work with your municipality to make sure it's a safe solution mm-hmm. um, and how we integrate it into different modular communities. I mean, that's exactly the best way to make it work is yeah, to definitely. do that. And so we can't wait to do that. Right. Yeah. And congrats on the WBE. So you guys got that Ooh, recently. Thank you. So can you talk a little bit about that process? Yeah. I'm going to cheers you guys from back here too. Okay. Great right. job. I can stretch. <laughs> reach. Salute. What was that process like? How was that? Uh, how did that come about? Well, I think when we started talking to people about what we were doing, the f- one of the first questions they asked was, are you a WBE? Yeah. When are you getting your WBE? And I think at first we're like, I don't know. I mean, we got a lot to do, so yeah. whenever we can get to it. But the more we looked into it, it's just such an incredible community to be a part of. Yeah. And I guess it's easier at the very beginning of your business to do it. Yeah. And it was a lot of paperwork, and we just... So that's a national. Re- it's a so national it's, it's accreditation. Not the is it the WE with the city, or is it a national recognition? It's a national recognition. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, we're incredibly proud to be a part of it, and um, I think it was really just a lot of paperwork and talking to the right people <laughs> to yeah. make it happen. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and and I know that a lot of developments that, as we mentioned earlier, want want to work with uh, WBEs or mm-hmm. MBEs too. So. Well, that's the best part of or that was one of the things that drove us to get it done um mary put a lot of work into that part <laughs> let's yeah. be honest i think i started it i was like can you please help <laughs> finish this yeah um 
but there are so many developers that we want to work with and realistically um, a lot of especially a big initiative in Chicago is the invest Southwest mm -hmm. and you need to have a you should be including minority and women-owned businesses mm -hmm. and you also need to have a community engagement factor which is that's exactly what we are mm -hmm. we're a woman-owned business and our product and our service provides a, a big drive to get the community involved um, and we're feeding the community but you can also come and work at the farm or mm -hmm. learn how to operate the farm yourself so mm -hmm. it's a great way to add something great to your community yeah. yeah well and i think it really adds an element to keep people where they are too i think you know with my background in hospitality and food it is the thing that makes a community thrive, at least in my mind. I mean, we yeah, can no, say a bunch mm -hmm. of things, but like food is so important. And coming from a very Italian family where, f you know, all of our gatherings, you know, are around food, yeah. are around the kitchen. It's a very important piece and um, bringing something that is so close to the source, to a community, I just know it's going to be like the heartbeat of that community. Yeah. Knowing sure. that their food is being grown right there. It's like the highest currency. Yeah. Is there a current, is there anything currently in Chicago that's like that? Are you guys going to be there the There are first? hydroponic farms in Chicago, yes. But, gotcha. and you know, there are a lot of cool people doing great things in urban agriculture. I mean, Chicago is such a cool city. There's always a bunch of things going on, but would say it get it out <laughs> and i mean community gardens yes. are everywhere and that's yeah. a big one of our marketing strategies is community garden 2.0 because right. mm -hmm. this is your community garden but it's year-round right. it's just yeah. a different way of doing it yeah. but and people love their community gardens and i know it it does bring the community together and it mm -hmm. offers fresh produce which is you know that's you, where you're where your red shirts because those leafy yeah. greens are going to save your yeah. Your yeah. <laughs> uh what about is there price range can i talk ask you guys about a price range does it depend on what you want to grow or how does that work oh you mean for the actual produce yeah in general like for the container like is it oh the container or i don't know are they is that a separate cost than what you want to grow no the container is a set price and then yes. um you know how we are working freight to play is there's a like a startup cost for the year oh, gotcha. and then okay. however involved you want our services moving forward there's obviously like a price range oh okay gotcha gotcha, gotcha. Plate so this is board. a continued service that you guys are providing yes it's not just hey felix go spend the money you get it and then you guys oh, dip out no, you guys no. are involved absolutely we, we want for yes okay. we are in in it like i think you know there's a bunch that Jacqueline and I want to do, but like the idea is really being integrated into where these farms are being placed. We are not gotcha. looking to drop and run. Oh, we're okay. looking to really help with programming, with feeding people, with training the right people, with, you know, everything that it's going to take to make these things successful. We are there. Understood. Sorry. I, yeah, it's I was thinking good. for some reason that it was like a purchase and, and, purchase drop and go like a grab and go it's a much. big purchase and it's you know financially it's it's a big purchase and it's yeah. and it also as much as the technology we say oh it runs itself um and it, and it does for the most part like anyone we can teach anyone to operate it 
but free to plate we want to make sure that your community is ready for it that's why a big part of what we're doing too is partnering with different nonprofit groups because we want the, the the nonprofits are already in communities that they know need them and they know the community well so they can work with them and they can make sure that everyone's on board and going to welcome the idea and mm-hmm. not be like how do i use this yeah like we want everyone it we we wouldn't be in business if we couldn't help people do it because if you're just dropping it, I think the container might sit there and nothing will happen. Yeah, agreed. I mean, that's that's why I was. I that's why I don't know where I got that notion that it was like a drop and and go. Like it well, was a and what's great, I mean, the the monthly cost to operate a farm, like the actual monthly cost, is probably around three hundred bucks a month, and that's just gotcha. to buy your seeds, your utility costs, and yeah. then maybe cleaning it. It's yeah. really a minimal cost that you're incurring, but the operation of it, the programming, how do you yeah. distribute food all that distribution food? is a big piece, Absolutely. you know, because you're going to have a lot of food yeah. to distribute. And there's different ways you can go about distributing that food. And that's kind of where, like, as the gatherer, I'm going to help each farm community figure mm-hmm. out what's the best, like, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish here? Right. Are you just... You know, is this farm going to be a part of your um, homeowners association? Sure. Like, are we like building what's the strategy behind it? Yeah. yeah, there's a strategy behind everything. Yeah. Are we partnering with a local restaurant group mm-hmm. to be able to grow the produce for the restaurants for their menu? Are you know, are we doing a combo of restaurant sales and actually feeding the community? Like, what? There's a bunch of different ways to go about it. It's just really going to depend on where this farm is being dropped. dropped. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. So have you guys thought about your programming already for what you guys are doing for the second week of April? Yeah, we yeah. have brought on a really amazing restaurant group, um, the 5050 Food Group. So oh, they're going to cool. be our restaurant partner. They have, you know, a million restaurants now. I mean, yeah. Million. Yeah. a million. A million. <laughs> a million and counting. Um, but they're our restaurant partner. But also... You know, where did we talk about where our farm is being located? No, that wasn't mentioned. I didn't Not know yet, but we wanted. can talk about I didn't it. Know if you guys it's just funny. That. The funny yeah. thing about our where we're putting our farm, <laughs> we don't actually have an address. We can't yeah. give you an address, but no. we can tell you exactly where it is. And that's because it just is, it literally was a vacant lot that never had an address. So we've had to establish one. It just, takes a little time to get mm-hmm. that through the Department of Transportation, but we're almost there. Yeah, we're close. W- but the, the address takes time to get through? Yeah, like yeah. to actually like get an address. Because so our farm's going to be at um, Carroll and Racine in Fulton Market. Okay, nice. Yeah, we're very excited to be so part of the Fulton excited. Market area. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. It's going to be... Almost as exciting as being a WBE, but yeah, I don't know, being part of the Fulton Market area of chicago it's like to me it feels like the startup hub of chicago yeah and um i spent years in austin texas which is such a startup like yeah Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. and there's so much energy there of like new ideas and building and Mm -hmm. chicago is historic and there's so much history here and i feel like fulton market is this like heartbeat of new and like hustle and bustle yeah so it's amazing to be right there yeah yeah we're super and that's what we wanted for the homestead was to be we wanted it to be in an area that was accessible for everyone because we have 
like we said, a lot of partners that need to see it. Sure. So you want them to come and understand that we can put them anywhere in the middle of a because realistically if you've been to the corner of racing and carol it's very industrial racing and carol so it's just yeah. south of the metro tracks literally a block off and there's not much over there it's not mm -hmm. developed yet it's going to be right um yeah. trying to think of i'm trying to think what a good landmark i can't there's is not, that north of lake yes uh or what what else is around there the train tracks, the metro yeah. tracks, the metro, the metro tracks. tracks, the oh, metro tracks. But like literally that corner, there's nothing mm -hmm. there. There's right. just a bunch of parking lots and vacant warehouses, old okay. warehouses. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah, we're very we're incredibly excited to activate that area. Um, so how many containers will you have on that area? Is it just one? We will just have our one okay. homestead farm. Okay. Gotcha. It's such a sweet little place because our little <laughs> corner is all like. Like we said, it's all industrial and manufacturing, but for some reason, we found this little pocket of green. It's all grass. How many trees and bushes do we have? We've got about four oh, wow. trees and then like a whole row of bushes. Mm -hmm. It's it's gonna be adorable. It's Very super cool. special. Um, I was driving around just kind of, <clears throat> literally like a creepy lady, just driving around like looking at any empty spot and I drove past Racine and Carol I think I called you or texted you yeah. right away and was like, I think I found it, but I just like, I couldn't believe that that could be it. And so it's so funny. We actually signed our lease today because it yeah. took a while to sign it, but Congrats. we signed it today. Yeah. yeah. So you're leasing the land? Basically? We are leasing the land. Okay. We, Another from our thing. wonderful landlord, Sterling Bay. Okay. They've Love been them. so awesome to mm -hmm. work with. Very cool. Mm -hmm. um, but best. yeah, we when she she did she called me she's like I think I found it and we had looked at a couple of spots and I was so I immediately Hunter was like I'm gonna figure out who where, sure. what deal yeah. is with this piece of land <laughs> and I found it and it took a while because it's whenever, a weird piece of land yeah whenever anyone comes when you guys can, when you come in April when yeah. you come see what it is and like how it's connected to the rest of the community it's a weird little spot so. Nice. Um, so, do you guys know what produce you're you're gonna grow already? Or Mary, we have the first harvest. Yeah, um, definitely kale because that's okay. what I want. I mean, do you want? <laughs> what was our we we have a harvest menu for the I first? I know, but we haven't bought the seed side. Yeah, you guys don't have to. You <laughs> yeah, guys don't okay. have to push it out we, now. I was just actually, curious. Actually, that's um, <laughs> on our so a startup business and just running our own business for the first time. I mean. We work every day, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, I'm full-time employed doing something else right now. Um, yeah. So Mary is full-time freight to plate. So when I'm not working, so after hours, we I mean, we typically are working in the evenings late, and which is hard these days because COVID days, it's like 10 o'clock is late to be up. But sometimes right. we're working till 10 o'clock <laughs> at night. Yeah. Um, and then on the weekends, of course, we take advantage of the weekends. And so this weekend, one of the big things we have to do is purchase our seeds our seeds very cool and i guess i should ask is does marijuana can marijuana be grown in this what's going on with the mary jane Funny you i know we are We're working on that we are working on that okay how, how is that does that depend on the like legalities of the states or it is a crazy hard thing to get your craft growing license yeah. i mean because obviously those licenses get bought up like that and yeah, I, for sure i mean i that's very political to yeah. say that but we are we are working on it and gotcha. we are very close so 
that is another TBD. You'll have to have us back on to yeah, talk about yeah. the yeah. <laughs> cannabis growing. Yeah. Right, because I would love to grow cannabis. I don't know exactly <laughs> what we would do with it, though, because... Smoke I mean, smoke, smoke it. it. Yeah. Well, that's why I want to grow it, because I want to smoke it, yeah. and I want to get all my friends high, too. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, but and, and I don't know what we do with it. You know what I mean? Like I've got plenty of ideas of I mean, what we're gonna do with it. Don't yeah. worry, we'll talk about that. And that's different licensing, though. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so, just like tell us about 2021. Like, what do you guys feel? So, when we do have you back on in sure. in 2022 in February, what what will we be hearing? Hopefully. Well, first things first is establishing our homestead. Mm-hmm. You know, we keep talking about our homestead. It's you know, Homestead is where our our heart is going to be. So really getting that established. And um, our first harvest will hopefully hit the market, the streets uh, in May, June. June. Let's June. To be conservative. Yeah. June. And then from there, um, establishing um, the projects we are working on with our developer partners. Mm-hmm. And then third would be uh, working with nonprofits and other foundations to secure at least three farms. Like I think that was something that we talked about, at least three farms for in need and at risk communities. Gotcha. Um, And once our homestead is here and we've got it established, we are gonna be working really diligently with people to help secure the funds to be able to gift the farms to people that really need it. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, because that's the biggest goal and we're at even where Freight to Plate started was how do we get these in every community? Yes. Like I would love to see one in every single neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And because it's a cool, it's a cool uh, shape and size. Like we could have a local artist paint the outside, which ours will be, we have a really awesome artist ready to do our farm Mm -hmm. we want every neighborhood to have like their own personalized style to it they can grow whatever they want that interests that that community yeah Yeah. that demographic yeah so um that's one of my big goals is to try and get one in every neighborhood that's not going to happen in 21 but maybe in the next five years that's my five-year goal definitely thank you and uh look forward to seeing what you guys do for the rest of the year and where can people follow you where can people catch up with you or reach out to you Sure. Um, you can check out our website at ftp.farm, which is a very weird URL, but it's very easy to type in. ftp.farm, F-A-R-M. Um, and then our <laughs> handle for both Facebook and Instagram is at Freight2Plate. Should I spell it? Is it T-O? Or is it the number T-O. two? T-O. Okay. Yeah, freight to T-O plate. And then our emails are a little bit funny um, because, you know, our our big idea for, you know, Jacqueline and I um, is really to be innovators and in building strong, thriving communities. And um, we learned a lot about thriving communities through our family. So, um, you know, our bigger... Uh, name between the two of us is House of Scala. Scala is our last name. House of Scala is kind of like the umbrella of all the things that we will do moving forward to create thriving communities. Um, so you can email me at maryk@houseofscala.com, and you can reach Jacqueline through email at at Jacqueline at houseofscala.com. 
Jacqueline spelled the longest way possible. You want to spell it? J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E. So if you guys ever get married, would you guys change your name? Hell no. No. No? No. Okay. I've already had that conversation. I would drop <laughs> I would drop <laughs> I would drop uh-uh. the middle name and I'd always keep Scala mm-hmm. at some point. I think professionally I would always keep Scala I don't know why like who whether it'd be like my stage name, I guess. Sure. Know? Yeah, and we come from a really tight family. Yeah. yeah. I mean we, do. we have a tight cool ass family to be honest like yeah. everyone that's in it is very amazing our brothers um that's actually so just got for the third year in a row dealership yeah. of the year nice so they um sell new and used uh volkswagen very uh, cool yeah and they're just kicking ass yeah where's so, that at we can give a sh- shameless yeah plug. well they have three locations oh, okay. um in evanston illinois yeah. in chicago at Right, right by Portage Park on Irving Park. On and Irving. then their most recent location is in Highland, Indiana. It's so like right over the border. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So Very if you're cool. looking for a newer used VW, go see yeah. them. There we go. Uh, it's called City Volkswagen. Okay. They're amazing. It's more than a dealership. And I'm not just saying that because it's my family. That's like the most incredible service I've had ever. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Um, anything else that we missed? Anything you guys want to highlight for... Just thanks to our mother, who's been okay. a really big... Shout out to all the moms out yeah, there. Yeah, all the moms, yeah. but especially our mom, who is really special and has supported us and loved us and given us... She's been instrumental. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and our sister, we have another sister. Yeah. Again, okay. there's another Scala girl, and she will absolutely be helping us grow our programming. She's mm-hmm. very well-educated and very another strong independent woman mm-hmm. that's going to be helping us grow our business. Do you guys yeah. see yourself using a lot of the puns like grow and plate, what you bring to the table, things like that? Do you guys see yourself like hitting a lot of those? Kind of, but also we don't want to do anything too kitschy. Yeah. I mean, there's a level of cuteness between us, but also we're just like really direct <laughs> people. And Shit. I don't know, we don't play games so yeah. i feel like being too kitschy wouldn't be in line with who we are right but break to plate is like a it's a movement how like farm to table was a very and is a very important strong movement like you got a farm to your table like minimizing yeah. that supply chain that's what freight to plate is it's the same thing it's just mm-hmm. because it's a freight container yeah <laughs> but it's it's a great way to yeah. It is a little kitschy, but it also is just very direct. Like for sure. Yep. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you again, and uh, good luck with everything in 2021. You too, Wisendale. Yes. Thank you. Your safety is important. If you observe unattended packages, vandalism, or suspicious activity, inform CTA personnel immediately.